Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of Brown Sugar, hosted by Donovan Gonzo, myself, and Dylan Bell, my partner. Uh, on this episode today, we will be talking about feminism, women's rights, being black, uh, being a black woman in America. We'll be talking about Instagram accounts that are a voice for young women who have experiences with sexual harassment and sexual assault. We'll be talking about a little bit about cancel culture, and we'll be talking a little bit about the N-word. So before we get started, Dylan, you know our introduction. Uh, repeat after me, please. Black, black is, beautiful. is beautiful. Black is strong. Black is strong. Black is great. Black is great. And black, and black is, is smart. smart. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, for this episode, we have a very special guest. We have the beautiful Quincy Bowles. She is a senior in high school. So, uh, Quincy, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you. Hi, guys. I'm Quincy. Um, I go to Immaculate Heart High School. This past year, I was BSA co-president. And um, I can't thank Dylan and Donovan enough for starting something that's so uh, pivotal to the African-American community and to everyone, honestly. Um, thank you guys for having me. No problem. Of course. So, uh, Dylan, you said, uh, before we, before we, uh, got on the podcast, uh, we have our questions set and ready. Would you like to go first or would you like me to, uh, would you yeah, like you to go gotta first? Go first. I gotta. Okay. So, Quincy, just has a little introduction question. Uh, can you let everyone know and us know your experience of being a woman in America, which is already a downfall in equality? and also the double down in being a black woman in America. Yeah. So like you said, it's really sad to um, view both of those titles, if you will, as knocks against what you can do. I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of arrogant, little-minded people say, oh, well, woman, and then, you know, knock somebody's character down because of that, and then African-American and knock them down again. So being an African-American woman puts you at a you know unacceptable disadvantage that really has no standing um i'm a strong believer in women are as strong as men let alone african-american women um if not stronger honestly but i think that um just in my experience thankfully i've thankfully we live in california which is a progressive state um but that doesn't go to you know discredit any experience or racial inequality racial injustice that people go through i definitely have had a fair share um when i was younger i was put in predominantly white schools which obviously came with the question of you know how you know why does your hair look this why do you look like this just you know a lot of things having to do with appearance and having to do with race um those experiences involve just you know, being questioned a lot of the time, getting a second look from a teacher, um, kind of having this, you know, stereotypical um, second skin where people just expected you to be um, something you're not, expected you to be less intelligent, expected you to be less eloquent. And that isn't the case just because someone's skin tone is darker, just because you're female. Um, So, so, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's brutal. Me and Dylan can both agree with that. But ours, you know, are the different types of oppression in the school system, because one, you are a woman. So that already, like you said, brings it down from equality. And then being a black woman, having to deal with the different hairstyles that you wear. Wouldn't you say that, you know, the different hairstyles that you wear, like, for example, like braids or just your hair natural mm-hmm. or having your hair straight, yeah. it questions if you're professional or not, or if you're 
quote unquote ratchet or ghetto. Exactly. How, how, you go into that. Yeah, I can definitely go into that. Um, so for me, I think again, going to a predominantly white school, you're always being questioned about your hair. I don't know why it's so mm-hmm. um interesting or significant, but it is to you know the majority. Um, definitely when I've worn my hair out, I've been questioned, why do you look wild? Why do you look messy? When really that wasn't the case. Um, even to this day, I'm not comfortable wearing my curly hair out, which is really sad Mm -hmm. because of just the unfair social, social normality society renders it, you know, not as, I don't know, not even as attractive, not as professional. Right. Exactly. Um, a lot of the time my hair is in braids. I think every girl has, not every girl, but every black girl has gotten the question, can I touch your braids? Can I braid your braids? That's the number one. That is have. it real? You know. Um, and yeah, I think what's sad is I've gotten used to that question and I've gotten used to the response that I need to have when really the response I want to have isn't as friendly as what I've been brought up to say. I honestly don't think it's people's um, business to just question people on their hair. And I think a lot of women are taught it's not that deep to go into, you know, something as, you know, light as a topic as hair. But I think when it's a continuous thing and a continuous thing that is questioned, um, you get annoyed, but you give the same robotic response of, oh, yeah, you can touch my braids or, oh, no, you can't. Um, Just a lot of ignorant comments like, you know. I'll have my hair curly one day and then the, the next day I'll have my hair in braids and someone's like, dang, your hair grew that fast mm, overnight. And totally. Like, what, I... <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and then when people hear, oh, you have extensions, it becomes a, oh, why do you have extensions? Just unnecessary questions about somebody's personal preference. Um, and then you said something about straight hair, which is extremely important to the African mm-hmm. community. Um, I think every black girl who's ever straightened their hair has been told, oh, you look better with straight hair. I've heard that. You yep. wear straight nice. hair more, more often. Um, I don't think people understand that that's, you know, I don't even want to go as far as saying it's a backhanded compliment. But um, yeah. we don't want to be told, oh, you look better after you've manipulated your hair. Like you guys said in the beginning, black is beautiful. And I think a lot of women kind of have have been criticized so much about straightening their hair that it's become, you know, what the want is, what the goal is, and um, which is really sad. I want to ask you, speaking of, on the topic of your hair, uh, how do you feel about cultural appropriation oh, yeah. when it comes to black women's hair, uh, black men's mm-hmm. hair? Like, for example... Like Kim Kardashian putting her hair in braids and being praised for it, but then another black one puts her hair in braids and it's seen as unprofessional. Or us uh, having our beautiful natural curls and then people getting a perm Mm -hmm. and then having maybe not the same results, but results in curls and people are seeing it as, oh, wow, I want my hair like that. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to highlight really quickly how, like, I, I think it's kind of crazy how even, like, we're all black here, but as a black woman, you're kind of more susceptible to seeing appropriation when it comes to your hair. Because I 100%. feel like men, for it's not exactly easy to get a, a frohawk like I had in eighth grade for a kid who isn't black or 
grow, <laughs> or grow out their uh, afros and pick their hair out like that for a kid who isn't right. black. But as like for women, you know, it's just like like there's something there that exists when white, not white women, but non African American women like that hairstyle and they take it for themselves without credit. Definitely. Versus when it with I, men, it's, it's a little. Oh, I'm sorry for talking over you a little bit, but. No, I'm talking. But with men, I don't really see that. Like, I want that type of hair, and I'm going to do it, and not credit anyone for it. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think it becomes a problem when when a black person does it. Um, it is you know deemed as ratchet or deemed as whatever it's deemed as. But when but it's the same people that are degrading it. It's the same people that are criticizing it that go and do the same style and take from the styles. Um, honestly, I think I think perms are fine. If you want to get a perm, get a perm. Mm. Um, I honestly, I think that when it comes to braids and non-African-American people doing braids, I'm not going to, you know, uh, just completely shatter or criticize or you know, demean anybody who decides to get braids in their hair. But I do think cultural appropriation is a real thing and I don't think certain people should be doing it just because of the history that comes from it. People were doing braids so that they wouldn't have to, you know, do their hair Mm -hmm. and they could upkeep it new. Protect their hair. Protect their hair, exactly. It's definitely a cultural thing. But I think that when people do braids and don't acknowledge the fact that there is a long line of history that comes with it, I do think that it becomes kind of careless and kind of like dabbling into something that they don't know much about. Um, I know for a lot of people, it isn't their intention to culturally appropriate. They're just getting braids because they like braids. But um, for me and my personal opinion, I honestly, I don't think it looks you know, natural on people that are Mm non-African-American. But I'm not going to be the person to say, you can never do this, you can't do this, because at the end of the day, there's enough hate being spread, there's enough. And you can call people out, but um, in my opinion, people having a certain hairstyle isn't that big of a deal Mm -hmm. unless they are... at least be aware of where it's coming from and at least um, not necessarily pay homage to, but acknowledge the fact that it is a, you know, predominantly black style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really fast, Dylan, before you ask your question, if you were about to, uh, on the topic of being educated and quote unquote, like your hairstyles depends on your education. uh, Me and Dale talk all the time, Quincy. Mm -hmm behind the scenes and stuff and i tell them all the time that i hate the word or the phrase that i am whitewashed mm. because then that depicts it as uh that to be whitewashed oh, you have to be totally i've been told i'm eye. the whitest black person someone knows right exactly and people don't understand people don't understand how offensive that is because in, that's i mean honestly they're ignorant for saying it so I will, i'll give them kudos on that and i'll be you know i'll give them a little bit of a, a side on that but Let's educate them right now. When you are saying that I'm the whitest black person you know, you are, and like I said, I blame the media and I blame your ignorance that you are calling black people uneducated. Because if we're to be white, then you're saying white is right and Mm. white is educated. 
And then if I act ghetto, then it's not okay. Because then I, quote unquote, am a thug right. or a thief or a robber well, or a killer. But then I, it's, it's like there's no middle ground. It's either you're ghetto because you talk like this or you're white because you're educated. So then they're seeing us, they're seeing us, Quincy and Dylan, as not educated or, or, or as, as not black because we don't talk ghetto. But then if we talk ghetto, we're not educated. I don't, I don't you know. It, it, it yeah, I can kind of tell you caught a little fire right there. Yeah, you sound a little passionate. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, when I get into these podcasts and get into things about our passion, mm-hmm. I have to speak my mind. No, to go on to that, I don't think that, um, I don't think a race should be equivalent to um, intelligent yeah. or ghetto or there, you shouldn't think white, intelligent, black, dumb. You shouldn't think, you know, you, the, intelligence doesn't connote white, white doesn't co- connote intelligence. So I think that you're right to be angry because, um, again, it's the same stereotype of looking at someone and thinking they're less than, looking at somebody and underestimating them. Um, and sadly, that's something that comes with being African-American. And I think that the what you guys are trying to do with this podcast is um, educate people who do those types of things. Um, being able to, you know, tell people, look, whitewash is a very offensive term um especially when you're trying to say that somebody is white in the sense that they're intelligent or know how to speak or have you know certain tendencies that bend towards white there is no such thing as there is no such thing as being whitewashed you're you're either you're intelligent or you know you're you're not you're not um someone can't say oh you're intelligent that means you're acting white you can just just intelligent right. there is no you can't assign intelligence to a race right i also think intelligence it goes into standards of skin tone so if someone in it and it all goes back to slavery and with, with you know being lighter or darker than a brown paper bag as in if you're lighter than a brown paper bag you're inside if you're darker than a brown paper bag you're in the field so then the lighter toned african americans are more educated and smarter because they're on the inside and simply because they're leaning more towards mm-hmm. white but then the darker uh skin tone african americans are on the field because that's all they're used for and that's what people also don't understand you know i've you know i fall victim to it to say oh you're not as black as i am because you're light skinned and that is a horrible thing to say okay. or you're not as black as me because you are mixed that is nothing that should be said mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you're black, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're Hispanic, you're Asian, you're Asian, whatever you are. So it shouldn't have to, you know, depend on how light you are, or how dark you are. And to speak on just colorism in general, I think that the sad thing about colorism is we see African-American people mm-hmm. being colored. There's a lot of, oh, you know, and speaking from an African-American women's woman's perspective, there's a lot of the stereotypical light skin, you know, that everybody yearns for. Or, oh, I want a light skin this. Oh, I want a light skin that. When really... I want mixed exactly, babies. I don't that, that, honestly, that's, you know, breeding. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh, I want this, you know. Um, and like you said, black is black. A white person or a non-African-American person isn't looking at you and saying, oh, well, they're they're light skin, so it's acceptable. Oh, X, Y, Z. It's that, at the end of the day, they're looking at you as black and that's what you're going to be classified as. Um, but I 
we need to get out of the habit of being colorist to our own community. I don't think that African-Americans should be putting um, light-skinned people or dark-skinned people in a box. And I don't get why there's so much um, self-hate. I don't know why there's so much focus on how dark or light you are. Mm -hmm. And I don't get why there's why one thing uh, connotes to something more positive than the other, you know, being be a lot of the time I hear, Oh, um, people that are light skin have less of a hard time because they can pass as lighter Mm -hmm. and that's closer to, um, yeah, white, somebody who's not African-American and that's just, being you know uh that's not supporting your own community i think people can't get caught up in how light or dark somebody is um and then uh, speaking to the african-american women um dark-skinned women darker toned women are are told a lot of the time that they aren't as pretty as light-skinned women mm, not right, that right to be that, they aren't yep. going to be chosen over light-skinned women women and that fear isn't coming from they're not afraid of a white person picking a light skin over them it's black men who are mm-hmm. picking light-skinned women over yep. dark-skinned women men. it's black men saying dark-skinned women aren't as you know attractive as light-skinned women right and it's it's so frustrating because it's, oh, it's okay it needs to stop there because it's just as bad as a white person saying Oh, I want a light skin over a dark skin. It's the same yeah. thing when a black man is saying, "Oh, I want a light skin over dark skin," because at the end of the day, you're choosing what the beauty standard is, and you guys have never had right. to deal with that because, like I said, being a woman is a whole other factor that comes with other uh, difficulties and disadvantages, and one of those disadvantages right. is you know darker women being less attractive. Quote, and I put that in quotes because by no means do I think dark-skinned women are less attractive. I'm saying dark-skinned women are told that a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. and that puts us back on our progress. The fact that it's the the same dark-skinned women are being told by black men that they aren't the ones being chosen. That's what really gets me upset. Yeah, It, it, it upsets me too because coming from a perspective of like me and Dylan, it's like, when, when 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 I hear that, Dylan, and I think it, you can relate to this as well, and even you, Quincy. I mean, I don't know what your parents look like, but when I hear someone say uh, dark-skinned women are unattractive, I think of my mm. mother, and I think of my sister, because we are not, like, it, and like I said, it's not an issue, but and as an African-American family, our skin tone is not very light. We are more towards the, quote-unquote, dark-skinned uh, mm-hmm. tone. So when someone says dark-skinned women are not beautiful, dark-skinned women are not attractive, it angers me. And then I say to them, and I try to educate them that all all women of any race and anything is attractive. But no, dark skin is. I don't like the way their their skin tone looks. I don't. And 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 honestly, people try to say that it's preference. It's honestly racist, and it's all honestly mm-hmm. colorism. Because what is the when you say I don't like it because their skin color is yeah, like dark. you didn't even. That's... make an effort to learn about the person. It's 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 exactly. a prejudgment. Why does why does the skin color have to deal with the beauty? And that's is it that's that's what the real discussion should be. Why mm-hmm. you know 
that's a discussion that needs to be talked, mm-hmm. you know, that it needs to be taught to other people. So uh, Dylan, we've been me and Quincy have been going back and forth. I believe you have a question that you wanted to ask. Yeah, I just wanted to wrap this whole thing up with it's all just basically the country and the world living out eugenics. Eugenics is what it's like the um, preservation of the idea that white white culture and being white, not even white culture, but just whiteness is the best way of life and superior to yeah, it's a superior. That's what I'm right. looking for and trying to. Uh, people in any way trying like not knowingly but in still doing and making themselves lighter and favoring lighter skinned people over darker skinned black people and it's just it's what history uh what men in history have always wanted basically and it's sickening to think about like that's what it's the goal of someone is. it's what white men in, mm-hmm. have wanted and it's transferred into the black community and now we have black men wanting exactly you know, who's lighter a girl who has european features a girl who has lighter curl or looser curl patterns it's all you know history repeating itself. yeah we even go into that curl patterns people don't understand that not like this is this is another conversation for another di- episode but people don't understand there are different types of curls like my curls are different than my curls are tight and that's different than Dylan's type of hair. He is maybe. Like, I'm, I'm a four C king. Don't even play with me. Oh, exactly. He exactly. Curl pattern and chart. I... Okay, Dylan. <laughs> and and it, it's 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 for it's for real because people people are like, oh, why is your hair so curly? Or how do you get it like that? And then, or also, an, not maybe a little bit of an issue in the black community when it comes to men and women. We like bag on each other because we say mm. their curls are not as tight as mine. Or your your curls, curls are not happy. curls. Yeah. Yeah. That we gotta love each other, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Dylan, go ahead. I asked you were kind of wrapped up yeah, the whole so, yeah, yeah. conversation. So um I wanted to get into a little bit more towards uh high school rape culture and just sexual assault in general. And I wanted to start off by asking about, you know, microaggressions for women because as black people we have our microaggressions, you know, people talk about our hair or say we articulate ourselves really well, like we're not supposed to be articulate. How does that, or what are some examples of those for you as a black a woman in a, and a black woman in America? Um, I think for black women and men, when it comes to uh, eloquence, intelligence, um, articulation, all of those things that ha- are having to do with um, your quote IQ, um, I think it's the I think it's the same stereotype of somebody will not expect you to know a certain word. Someone won't expect you to be able to answer a question correctly. Um, like I said in the beginning, personally, I luckily I have not, you know, had these horror stories uh, that a lot of people do that have to do with um, just being belittled. Mm-hmm. I am and how I was brought up I was raised to um, be proud of who I am to not make myself smaller for the convenience of other people um, not to dim my light so I don't have horror stories or that that are regarding microaggressions um, but just my friends that I can speak for anonymously my friends have definitely um, had teachers kind of dumb things down for them. 
Um, they've definitely had, you know, friends, friends of theirs might have said things about, like, might have whispered things having to do with, like, how dark their skin tone was. Mm-hmm. But I hope I'm answering your question, Dylan. Uh, like, you, you kind of were, you kind of went off a little bit. My thing was more like, um, I was on TikTok the other day and I was, I read something about how, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that I get all, there's ideas on there, but like how some women don't like, or not some, but uh, women feel like belittled when someone talks over them, which is understandable or like cuts them off in the middle of their, whatever they're talking about. Or, or one of the things I saw was when, um, a man tried, passes by a woman and they like put their hand on their hip, which I never thought of, but like having you on here i want to ask do do any of those things are there any more of things like that that happened to you that you wish men would just realize and not do yeah i hear that i hear that a lot about like men passing by women and it's a thing to like pass by and like it's it's cool or it's a gesture of i like you or whatever and they like pass by and they like grab them around the hips yeah we don't want gestures of i like you if you like me tell me you like me and also don't say a girl is you're pretty for a black girl that's a thing oh yeah didn't mention that in your little like um examples that's the thing that black girls get a lot but something that men don't realize that they're doing that's offensive um it definitely the the talking over um females i and i think what's sad is we we won't say anything in response to you talking over me like we won't say oh you talked over me or oh you cut me off a lot of the time you kind of accept the fact that oh a man kind of disregarded your statement um another thing is when when black guys not black guys when any guy um kind of um just like the cat calling obviously that isn't cool um and then also guys being overly touchy. I think that that's a thing a lot of girls have to deal with. And it's kind of like accepted. Like people don't think anything of it because it happens so commonly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, that's that's all I can say. On on your statement about catcalling, I actually got into a debate with a, a friend of mine the other day about that. Um there are three forms of sexual harassment. I believe you may know them, or if you're not, I'll tell you. It's verbal, physical, and I think it's like visionary or whatever. And verbal sexual harassment has examples like catcalling. Mm-hmm. And I posted a little bit about it, and I was asking people, do you think that the sexual harassment verbal case of catcalling, should there be punishment punishments about it? Because, because catcalling is a hard case. When you have sexual assault, like groping or rape or abuse or anything, sexual abuse, those are cases that are easier to go about, even though it's a whore, it's a bad, like it's something that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, catcalling, it's probably more common because it's it can be as simple as a whistle or "dang girl, you look fine" or something like that. <laughs> so, and, and I'm I'm serious. Yeah. So, in in your words, Quincy. What do you think should happen to to men or women? Because it can happen both ways. But it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, for someone that cat calls, someone who yeah. is whistling at someone. And then I have a rebuttal for you. I have a rebuttal uh, for your answer. Okay, I don't. I don't think that um, cat calling is is um, a punishable 
thing. I think that catcalling is disrespectful for sure. And I think you remedy that with educating, um, you know, people that are growing up, men that are growing up, you, you, you educate yourself and you educate those men and tell them that this isn't okay. I think a lot of the time guys think, oh, well, I was just showing that I liked her. Oh, that's a compliment. Why is she being offended? But it's, it's in, you know, the way you're raised and it's in the things that you're taught that you know, okay, I'm going to say this opposed to whistling or opposed to checking a girl out. Um, right. I think that the, the answer to your question, like what would I do in response to catcalling or how do you, I w- like I said, I wouldn't punish somebody who catcalls. I, okay. I would sit down with somebody and educate them on why I'm feeling offended by something that you might think is a compliment or something that you might think isn't doing much harm. Right. Definitely educating young people and letting them know that it isn't okay to do this. Just breaking the chain of sexualizing women, objectifying women. Right. Education is there. So then here's like a little bit of rebuttal. Um, I mean, you, you kind of like kind of fall into the same category of what I was kind of thinking on. And like, this is brown sugar. We're okay in, in society in general. We're okay to have our own opinions and disagreements because it is a simple conversation. But with um, the whole catcalling thing, I had a lot of people come out to me and they're saying catcalling isn't a big deal. It's yes, it's sexual harassment, but it's your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are many things that fall, fall, uh, that fall under freedom of speech that are not okay. Like, mm-hmm hate speech and uh hate speech is a very big issue even though like i mean i'm not sure I, i'm not very educated if you can go to jail or anything for hate speech depending on a broad standard but i i personally think catcalling is very a sexual harassment because mm-hmm. it can make a female feel uncomfortable it can make them feel threatened it can make them feel like the situation is about to go from good to bad but on the other hand uh i don't think that it's possible for a punishment to happen because it's on be, such just a because of the factor of freedom is quote unquote, the factor of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I mean. That's, that's, I mean, do I think punishment could happen? Maybe, but do I think it's possible for someone to go to court and say, Oh, he sexually harassed me because he was catcalling. I think that would, that, that case would be shut down right away. Yeah. yeah. And just to add on to that, um, catcalling will not be, will never be punishable because it's normalized. Mm-hmm. There are two men that do it right. on a daily basis where you're not going to be able to keep track of who's saying what and why one should be arrested for what or why somebody should be punished for something. It's it's catcalling is normalized and you know you can't you can't it's so on a it's a wide scale thing. It's a common thing. So like you said People will always have, or even if it was a punishable thing and you got taken to court or were sued over catcalling, you're always going to have, you know, freedom of speech. There is no getting out of that and a lawyer will always defer to that. So, but again, the reason why catcalling is such a big thing is because it's normalized and men, men grow up in a society not even being they're almost being told to sexualize women based off of how cartoon characters are drawn based off of how mm-hmm. certain things just a lot of um in- that's, a good, that's a good point that's a very good point actually yeah there are just inherent things in society that are that are you're shown x so you 
you have a like reaction to it. And yeah, I like that. I like that. Cause that's actually a very, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's, it's, you're right. I, if you, if you truly think about it, women are sexualized in so many different categories and to the point where we don't even see it. Yeah. Like literal, literally cartoons, like the movie, like there's certain, like, like not even going into specifics, but just movies in general, I've heard people mention, oh, wow, dude, look at her. Oh, oh, wow, she's built like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and you, you, <laughs> yeah. you say it without even thinking, and you're like, wait a minute. Why is she built like that, but then this dude's over here built like that? Or why is she even right. built like that in general? Exactly. Like- you never hear a woman talking, like, it's never, I don't know, I don't know. I, a woman always has to look a certain way, and I feel like... You know, there are too many, there are too many beauty standards being imposed on women by men, which should never yeah. be the case. You are not a woman. So why do you have, I don't think anyone, I don't, especially a man should have, a, a, should have such a significant say in what makes a woman attractive. You will never right. experience, you know, what it's like to be a woman. You don't know what women go through. You don't, you don't know what African-American women go through. So why do you have right. so many, um, why do you have so many opinions on how they how they look i feel like a lot of the time you know there are people speaking on a situation that have nothing to do with or should have no say in this in this situation right right far from where you're dylan going. you got something to say before i go into anything um i just have another question go ahead um, go ahead so, i mean oh. wait is the question have to do with like what, 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 here, let me hear your question first uh, uh, my question is it's another it's like we're again going more into a uh, sexual assault and rape culture and um just Ooh, okay. just yeah, yeah. Uh. it's kind of shocking to me to see how many stories of of someone raping someone or or assaulting someone sexually have came came out for me just as a high schooler i've been in high school for two almost three years now and the amount right. of stories i've heard are shocking and and a lot of the things like this happen at parties or when people are going out try to have fun and just be with their friends and not have to deal with anything like bringing them down but i i mean and to a degree we can uh, uh, like we feel the same sort of uh danger just when we go out as black people but for you as a right. a woman on top of that what type of i can't imagine. i can't i can't i can't imagine i don't feel like there's a chance i could get assaulted at this party i'm at so how does how do you deal with those type of feelings because it's augmented for you? It's more than just what I feel. For sure, I think that um, what I think that my mindset, obviously, when I go into a, mo- a party or you know a social setting, isn't automatically I need to watch out for this because I feel like I'm compromised in the situation. I I don't allow myself to be in situations where I'm around people that I don't feel comfortable mm. with i think that that's something that and even if i am in a maybe a bigger party where i don't know the people where i don't know you know certain males tendency i will definitely have two to five friends with me at the party so i think that a lot of females to avoid situations like that you need to have a core um friend group that you trust in order to balance out the people you don't trust because you can you can um, you can control who you're around. You can control who you're with. You can control what you're doing in order to make the situation as safe as possible for yourself. 
But I definitely do think that it's an, one of those unfair advantages. Again, when we talk about, you know, women being a title that knocks you down, it's an unfair disadvantage to go into the party, uh, into a party and have, and, you know, expect a guy to be on top of you or expect a guy to get handsy with you because that is the case the majority of the time. And to, to, like I said, to avoid situations like that, my biggest advice is just to have people around you that you trust, but it's definitely a reality for a woman that, you know, a man will be not as respectful physically and um, vocally. Yeah. Like I that it, it goes ways somebody can make you uncomfortable based off of something they say and then a lot of the time which i think we need to stop is guys excusing or pardoning that behavior because a girl was asking for yeah. it oh i hate that so much a girl was, you know dressed as 100 i hate that Sorry. that's one of the things that comes with when with being a woman again you can't you know you can't there's no such thing excuse, as asking for you it. cannot excuse predatorial behavior because a girl wore a flattering top yeah or it, it has no correlation you should you should be able to control your actions you should be able to control your behavior um out of human decency there's no there's no you know top that's that's inviting somebody to just come and do whatever they please that's not the right case. That's practically them justifying sexual assault, and that's that's insane to me. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy because there's been many times where I hear that phrase, and it's like, oh well, dude, she was just wearing this, and I couldn't. Re-. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, and it's a problem in society because it's the same thing with racism. It's 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 not taught. It's something that's picked up, and it's something that needs to change. But it's hard to because you can't get that through everybody's school. And I and I'm glad you said that too, Quincy, because there's so many times where like, why should my mother have to tell my 21 year old daughter what to wear and what she can or what she can't wear? If she feels confident in herself and in her body and in the way she looks, why should she have to restrict herself? And, you know, because and, and it's all it's always because, oh, you never know why it shouldn't be. You never know. That should not be a thing. Right. It's 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 it, it's not. An invitation to sexually assault someone—it's yeah. not. And I, I, uh, I think that men display a, a a lack of holding their friends who do things like this accountable. And it's not to say that women can't fend for themselves because they are more than incapable of it. But it's just like a a, a guy is going to respond. There's a higher chance of a guy responding to his friend calling him out than it is uh, someone who he just completely harassed and said something back to and he just like whatever you do this and that and then begin to slut shaming after that is when when you call someone out and then or or when a woman calls a man out and then start he starts shaming her but i just think that like men do a horrible job of not Keeping necessarily protecting but just like accountability we're not doing a great job right and we'll, yeah, I... it's 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 crazy yeah you're right dylan because it's 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 a time where a lot of these things, like Quincy says, is normalized for a girl to be sexually harassed or assaulted at a party. And just like not jumping to the next topic of, you know, the whole Instagram account stuff, but in some of these Instagram accounts, and I'm not like I said, I don't know if these stories are true or not, but it, it listen, listen up. It's time to mature. 
And mm-hmm. I feel that even if these things happen, and and they do, and for your boys to get caught up, obviously you feel that you are being a fantastic friend, either lying for them, defending them, because you don't know if it's true or not. But if you know, if you know that your friend has done this thing, you are not being a true friend if you are not calling them mm-hmm. out. Because I guarantee you, and this may not be this may not be true for all women, but I guarantee you it will make a woman more comfortable if you come straight up as a man and apologize. And and not even maybe not even apologize, but just stay you know, take accountability for what you have done. Because at the end of the day, you sexually harass somebody. And that is not acceptable. That is not tolerated. And it's something that needs to change. So for you to for you to speak out against it, and even and I'm telling you, like you said, Dylan, for boy for dudes that know that their friend did that, it's not like your your life is completely ruined. That female spoke up on a personal story and they put your name into it. And even it, it's it's it, it's honestly like the same thing for people that it's it, in my opinion it's the same thing for like men that leave their families because they've had teen pregnancies or just in general you birth you you helped that baby become born you you it's it's a two side thing why should you leave and why should you leave that child because because you can't handle it yeah no if you sexually harass somebody and and you can't handle the consequences or you can't handle the criticism or you can't handle being educated, then why did you do it in the first place? Maybe mm-hmm. you were ignorant, but that does not yeah. justify sexual assault or sexual harassment, period. Yeah, period. I think it starts, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it starts, and that was what that was what I was saying earlier or what I was going to segue into earlier is that you guys have had me on the hot seat, but at the end of the day, when, when the answer is, you know, calling out your friends, calling out the people that, you know, are the source of the issue, are you guys doing that? Are you guys being upfront with the people that have, you know, you know, have done things in the past that are wrong? And a lot, I think that this podcast is about, you know, finding solutions mm-hmm. and, in this case, the solution is keeping people, um, or yeah, keeping people accountable and getting people to take responsibility for the things that they've done. Um, and I hope both of you, and I can confidently say I know both of you are people that will hold your your own friends accountable, and will have sensible conversations about what's right and wrong. And yeah. I hope you're doing that because that's what will start to again i like a broken record but to break the chain of normalizing and sexual assault and right. I, th- I think before, oh, just one oh, last thing before we're going and i think what happens is a lot of guys when they when they see something like that they don't say anything but they will like distance themselves from that person and some of them won't at all some mm-hmm. of them just continue to hang out with them or whatever but mm-hmm. the, the fact of the matter is if you distance yourself that person doesn't know why so it just mm-hmm. seems like, oh, we just fell off. We're not friends anymore. But there's no lesson learned for that person because you didn't say, like, dude, I can't hang out with you because of what you're doing. It's just mm-hmm. we're not friends anymore. Oh, well, move on. Yeah. Another thing before I go into my question for you, Quincy. Um, 
uh, yeah, another topic or not uh, another thing about like people who accuse and people who like if if someone here's another thing I I I think it's disgusting. And it's just social media in general and it's going to happen. It's not that huge of a deal, but I don't like it personally that on these Instagram accounts if somebody is posted it, I don't think it is okay for you to bash on them or generalize that all men do this. Mm. You know what I mean? And then also just bash, like bash, like on, in the, especially if you don't know the person personally. Like obviously it's not saying that you can't speak out about them, but I don't think you need to go out of your way to DM them and to call them and tell them they're a horrible person. Being posted on social media about, <clears throat> excuse me, being posted on social media about a sexual harassment case is already what's what's the what's the word I can use for it? It, it it's demeaning enough and it already it's already putting you out there. Mm. And like I said, I'm not justifying what they did, but them already being put out there on a big scale is already gonna put them and set them back a lot. And and I and I'm I'm a big guy in believing in, you know, your words obviously change the way people look at you and your words change the way people feel and words hurt and words matter. So for you to keep on bashing and digging up that hole that's already in their heart, that's not gonna do anything. Mm. But but I feel that it is good when people see that people, you know, their friends, like if, if someone, if they know, like, like in a recent post, I forgot what it was, like, like two days ago or three days ago, um, we talk about like they, they, they had multiple people saying that they've done this. And then you have people in the comments are like, nah, I know them. You know, I know that they didn't do this. But if you have multiple people saying that they did, what, what does that even mean? Mm. That they're lying? Because then, then females are going to be afraid to come out and speak. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that a lot of, uh, I think that by a lot of people discredit, not discrediting, um, a lot of people invalidate um, a, a, a survivor uh, story. And then how does it make that person that finally got the courage to say something feel when half of the people in the comments are disagreeing about them being cre- a credible source, about disagreeing about what their experience was. Um, I don't think, and I think that it becomes an issue specifically with Instagram right, because of how flimsy some of the claims are. I think that, you know, and not to say that, oh, just by, you know, just by having proof, only a proof, you know, backed up story is the truth. I don't think that at all. I think people don't necessarily need to have proof and something can still be true. But I think that a lot of people in the comments of the particular Instagram post that you're talking about that I think you're talking about, um, I feel like that would make the victim feel invalidated and sad that they came out about it in the first place. I think that people that come out about their story should be embraced and they should know that what they're that they're being heard and that what they have to say is important. Um, and I think that we need to get out of being comfortable sitting by. It goes back to accountability again, just that you can't you can't expect to say, "Oh no, I know this person, they wouldn't do that." Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's a, a you know, a, a more than a handful of things you have no idea that person may have done. Um, so that's my take on that situation. Yeah. So 
yeah, very, very, very well spoken. Let's jump into my next question for you. Um, first of all, I just want to speak out about uh, feminism mm-hmm. and rape culture. Uh, first of all, the definition of feminism is the advocacy for women's rights and equality among all sexes. Now, yeah, let's I repeat 100- that really quickly. Can you repeat that? <laughs> yes. Uh, the definition of feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of among all the sexes. Equality. And I think... Equality. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think people don't truly know the definition. And I consider myself, even though I'm not at women's marches and I'm not necessarily like speaking about it all the time, but I have two females at my house and I hate to see that they go through things in a, in a man world, I should say. So I consider myself uh, a, a Me as well. not a feminist activist, but I consider myself a feminist because the true definition of feminism, like I just said, is the advocacy for women's rights and equality among all the sexes. But I do think that just like any other word, the definition of feminism changes among different people and different people like to twist the words. And and some people, then it's the same thing for everything. Like some Christians are, are racist. Or some all lives matter people don't believe in LGBTQ or are homophobic. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're about all lives matter, you believe in all lives. If you're a Christian, you believe in you know it, it, it's crazy. And I think a lot of things people think that feminism is about is you know uh, women over exactly. men or or uh, don't mansplain or all all men are, are evil and all that. Mm. So besides that, I just wanted to I wanted to get <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to get that off my chest about my opinions on feminism. So what no, I want really you quickly, to educate Yeah, thank you. Really quickly. Um it's ignorant and for lack of a better word, stupid to immediately think that feminism equals women over men women are set so far behind men that it seems like when you put a woman ahead, it's becoming, oh, women over men. All women want is equality. And it's the same. And I think, right. I I think that like, there is no, in no way are, are women are feminists, even the most extreme feminists. We aren't saying, um, all men are bad. We aren't saying we deserve to be superior to men. We aren't saying uh, females need to be in control of men. There is no, there is no like um, animosity towards men. It's just wanting to be equal to men. And I think because we're so far behind where we should be, it seems that the most extreme feminists are trying to, um, you know, break the, the, not break, but just trying to over, overcompensate for women when really we just want equality. And I, and I honestly think, because it's, it's true. It's, you know, with feminism, it's literally, like we're going by the definition, it's the equality of all sexes. And I feel that, when I, after saying, me and Dylan saying this, I already know that after this podcast is uploaded, a lot of people may try to question me, saying, wow, you're a feminist, you're a simp, or you're this, this, and that. But Not a simp for respecting women. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get that straight. 
but I feel like a lot of women uh, need to, uh, or not a lot of women, a lot of men need to realize what the true definition of feminism is. So, uh, Quincy, I would like to ask you a question. Or Dylan, would you like to go into anything? Um, no, you're good. Yeah, ask your question. I, you're good. Okay. Uh, pretty much my question has to deal with rape culture. And I would like to be educated. Um, I, I would like to be educated on what your definition, or not definition because there is a pure definition for it, but if you truly think that there is rape culture in the United States or America, you know, in America, because the definition of rape culture is a society or environment whose prevailing social attitudes have the effect of normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. And like I said, the main point that I really see is that is normalizing and sexualizing. Uh, Dylan, should I stop? No, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, you keep keep going, and then we can ask her when she comes back. It's just Quincy cut out. It's fine. Okay. Uh, is I what I really pick up there is that when you normalize and like try to basically also people if you don't know trivialize is the definition meaning like seems less important or significant, but when you normalize or trivialize these things, you're pretty much saying that your society that you live in does not care if you are raped and if you are sexually assaulted. Now, I disagree with that. I don't think in America we have a rape culture. Mm. I think rape culture is a thing, but I don't believe in America there is a rape culture because that's like me saying everyone in America is racist. Not everyone in America is racist, and not everyone in America is normalizing rape or think rape is okay or sexual assault when is okay. I, okay, 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 like okay. I don't want to just interrupt you, but I kind of feel like I have to. So when you say there's not a rape culture, are you saying that, like, because I feel like there is a rape culture. It's That doesn't mean it's the generally accepted culture for everybody or it's the main culture, but it exists as a thing. Like, there are, there is a, a culture of well, that. I, yeah, I stated that. I said that rape culture is a thing, but I don't, because if we're going by the definition of rape culture, it's literally normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. Meaning, and we, we, we're okay, <clears throat> excuse me, we're normalizing rape. Meaning, like, we obviously, like, like the statistics say, like, rape is very low, or not rape is low, like, people that go to jail for rape is very low, and this is not. But I don't, because if, if, if rape culture was true, then every single person that raped somebody or sexually assaulted somebody that went to court would be a free man. And I 100% am disgusted with rape. And, and, and sexual assault and uh, harassment. But when we talk about rape culture, and I'm literally going by the definition, I'm not, like I said, this is just my opinion. I'm not f- trying to offend any women or females or anything at all. But when I'm going by the definition, it's saying to me that in the country that we live in, normalizing rape or, and making rape seem that it is less is, I don't, I don't see that in America because that's like me, like that's literally like me saying that race people tolerate like it like like people there are people in america that tolerate racism and there are people in america that normalize things like sexual harassment like we've talked earlier in the podcast but i don't personally think that there is a rape culture okay. in america my opinions may change okay. later on when i you know talk like i said like this is a this is a educating uh, uh opportunity for me because i mean i i haven't especially with all these like Instagram accounts being made, it's helping me realize that 
maybe it's something that happens more than we see behind the scenes and a lot of rape isn't and sexual harassment isn't reported and isn't documented because people cannot you know okay cannot come back into it sure okay so let's say you're saying there's no rape culture right or like rape it's not I... it's not mm. maybe maybe not because i think i don't think people understand what rape cultures mean rape culture means to me i think because like maybe i should maybe i should change the words maybe i think normalizing rape I think here's what I think. I I Go think ahead. the rape culture we experience, if you like me agree that there is one, is a remnant of, not even a remnant, but an effect of the patriarchal society that we live in. Because it's kind of like the racist culture that exists in America, and it can't it it stems from old times when women were viewed as like basically objects and black people and, and minorities in this country reviews as property and everything like that. Like it's what's not, it's what's left over of the old way of thinking that's created a rape culture and how the old way of thinking still exists today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think to say I'm, it doesn't, it's not a thing. All right, fine, whatever, but you can't deny that. I didn't say it's not. Yeah. I, I said I know, it's not, I I, but to say like, what you said, and then it, it, it's not fair to the fact that there is a patriarchal society that exists, and men are more. Oh, cor- correct. There are there are societies in the world where there are rape culture. I'm not denying that because I'm making it clear. Because I've already said I'm a, I'm a feminist, and I've already said that I advocate and I believe in equality. That's why I'm being words when I talk about rape culture because rape is a very sensitive topic in. And and when it comes to being a woman, um, but I'm saying that by definition, or in, in America, I don't think we normal as a country we normalize rape like that. We're that we're because ta- if if we were normalizing rape and tolerating it, it would be it would be something that we didn't like. We don't talk about at all. Mm. I mean. I see what you're saying. I just feel like we're living a lot of it is how we're living out the lasting effects of a time where we probably did because not probably didn't, but it was less of a prevalent topic in our society and, and it's growing and it's, um, you know, like with the me too movement and it grew in popularity, but then because of how we're wired as a society, it's like, we have to suppress this because it's not, it's it's something that like it's like a threat to men in a in a sense like the idea that hey there's a problem here and once you coin it and i i do have a problem when you coin something with terms that aren't necessarily like uh uh by definition don't reflect what the meaning is but to say that um you know it it it's not tolerated so it therefore it's not a, a a societal pillar is kind of unfair and unfair in, in in what in what circumstances unfair in like because it happens or it's just like it's unfair to say well it's hard to explain because I know because like I understand and like I said rape is a very sensitive topic and I am big on rape and big on consent and all that but and I'm not even trying to like justify rape I'm genuinely trying to be educated 
and I'll probably do more research. And if we have more women on in the show in the future, obviously, which we will, and I'll probably speak more to women about this. But I don't see, like, in in America, not in the in the world, but in America, our country that we live in, I don't see rape culture as a thing. Now, rape culture happens, and or or not rape culture, rape happens in America. But if rape culture was a thing, then it's literally us putting it on a lower standard than anything. And it's literally Americans saying that it doesn't happen and we're, we're okay with it. I, I haven't met one person, and maybe it's because I'm not old enough or anything, but I genuinely have not met one person. And this is, like I said, this is also maybe an ignorant statement. I don't know. But I have not met one person who is okay with rape. Well, says, it's not ah, something that you're going to admit to as to be okay with it's like saying i'd be i'm okay with racism but that doesn't mean like you wouldn't no one would admit to that but that doesn't mean that that culture doesn't exist because no one would admit to it right it's just it shows a a a a, like like a either a normalization in your mind to where you think you what you aren't doing is not could not be uh, um defined as rape or in any sense or or a a well he uh i'm just saying like it just doesn't to say it, it's 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 not tolerated because no one uh, uh, agrees with it. it's like it's not something that you would if you agreed with that people would ridicule kill you for the rest of your, of your life black twitter would be on exactly but that doesn't just completely uh, uh eliminate the existence of a whole culture of that whole culture you know what i mean I mean, I guess yeah, we can find we can compromise about that. And like I said, this isn't this is this is a in, in America. This is why we already you, you can check out our Fourth of July segment. This is why I agree with America a lot because this is a like if 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 I couldn't speak on my views and opinions or questions about this, it would be an issue. You know what I mean? That's so. I'm also asking for the females that are uh, listening to this, whoever it gets out to, uh, please. I'm not trying to justify rape or trivialize rape. I am simply questioning if there is a rape culture in America. And as of right now, I don't believe there is. So I would like to be educated. So if you like, if you know my social medias or anything, just literally t- contact me and, 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 and educate me. And th- like I said, we're having a civil conversation about what we believe in. Also, uh, we didn't mention this. If you guys realize Quincy hasn't been speaking, uh, we kind of had a technical difficulty, so she kind of cut out. She wanted us to let you know that you know she was happy being on the show, being the first guest, mm-hmm. and she cannot wait to hear it and uh, is glad that she was able to use this platform and use her voice in a good yeah, way. Yeah, we were very lucky to have her on the show, and very, thank very you so lucky. much when you hear this, Quincy. Thank you so much, Quincy. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to finish off the rape culture thing? Uh, I want to go. Into I was the- going to say we should get into the Instagrams and cancel culture and mix those two together and wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. So, <clears throat> all right, Instagram accounts. When it comes to, do you want me also? We're not. Are we not stating the? Uh, it doesn't. It's not necessary. It's not necessary to state the name. Yeah, people. People already can know what we're talking about, but it's pretty simple to find it right now. It's with. Sexual harassment, and I don't know. I don't know what sparked it recently, Dylan. Like, I, I, all of a sudden, there was a lot of accounts. That yeah, I think made. it's just we're in a time where people feel bolstered and have the um, bold enough to advocate for change, which I I love personally. 
Yeah. I so yeah. Let, let's get into that. I, I'm a first. So first, I'm gonna say my opinion. I'm gonna try to summarize my opinion and not talk a lot because we're running high on time and you know we try to like make these podcasts like free, but at the same time, you know, have a limit. But I personally agree with uh, these Instagram accounts. Now, a lot of my guys that listen to this are probably going to be confused. Now, when I say I agree with these Instagram accounts is because the reason, like when you, when you initially look at these Instagram accounts, they are for when it, when it talks about sexual harassment or anything, they're literally giving young women a voice to, to speak about their experiences with sexual harassment. What is the issue with that? I don't, I don't see one because just because you haven't dealt with it doesn't mean you can bash on these young females about uh, uh, their experiences. And I think a lot of guys don't understand it because I think it's only because their names have been brought into it or their friends' names have been brought into it. Now, that kind of, now this kind of falls into cancel culture when they bring their names into it. Now, like I said, I think the Instagram accounts are great because it gives females an opportunity to voice their uh, experiences. But I think the accounts uh, can be flawed in ways of how they deal with it. You know what I mean, Dylan? Yeah. Like how they deal with, you know, like I'm not saying don't go out and, you know, share your voice and share your stories. But then when it comes to the the, the culprit, the, the doer, I think it should be handled in a different way because then... I, 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 actually, let me, let me backtrack. I don't necessarily have a problem with I, how they deal with it. I mean, to publicly shame someone is it's it's quite embarrassing, but it's a, it goes back to the idea that you thought it was acceptable to do this. And personally, I think that a lot of the problem with it is the comments and it gets into defending people or attacking people under the comments. So I would rather they just turn the comments off and put out these stories. And the only people who should be, if, if someone is attacked for that, the only per- or who who's, who gets their name mentioned, the only people who should be um, speaking on that are the, is the the person who's being accused the and the people involved, right? And that's that's pretty much what I was saying. And I think it people are a lot of the comments are or a lot of comments say, well, if it's true, why don't you take legal action? I think the accounts are kind of doing you a favor for not taking legal action because that would warrant in you having that a on your a felony on your record and what other. And and, and any other, yeah, you'd be a registered sex offender. Like there's a lot of things that come with that, that you're the, uh, so these stories are luckily getting people away from. And I think when they do take legal action, um, which is also a good when you, if you have the ability to, and you are comfortable doing that, uh, like, like you don't understand the ramifications that should be coming along with this and to just be exposed and you are now socially ruined. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's tough, but, it's it's it could be worse it could be like legally worse like like right now yeah now when i here's here's also my opinions on like going into legal reasonings um i think like and like i said please understand i am not trying to trivialize and or make it seem that i'm justifying these actions but i think when it comes to a massive standard of sexual assault where there's, people are telling their stories of sexual abuse or sexual or, or rape and all that. And, I, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not justifying it. I understand that uh, 
it's hard for you to come out and say these things. That's why a lot of these women, young women, become anonymous and don't say it. And they're simply using the account because they want to get it off their chest. They want people to hear their story. I think that, you know, if you, not necessarily strong enough, but like I said, I'm huge on rape. I think it needs to be taken to a higher level because I, like I said, I don't just, I don't agree with rape. Like that is something that needs to be taken to court. And a lot of these females are scared to take it to court because they are going to be accused of falsely accusing somebody, you know, or it didn't happen. Or like what we were talking about Quincy earlier, that uh, she asked for it, you know, and that's why a lot of females are afraid to come out with their stories. But I think that when it comes to rape and sexual abuse and all that, I think these young women need to truly because there's no there's no if ands or buts around around it. Like I don't I, I I believe in growth and educating people. So like, it's like I said, not justifying if someone sexually harasses you and you come out with their story and their name is brought into it. It's tough like tough luck, but I'm sorry you you're you got exposed. But this is a learning opportunity. They chose not to put take you to court. You know what I mean? And that's what you're kind of kind of talking about, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Like they chose they chose not to. to they <laughs> they didn't throw you under the bus here, man. You know. And it, things like that, people need to be educated on. But when it comes to rape, you can't, you can't, you can't teach anyone. And you are a sick human being. You cannot educate someone. You can't grow after you you sexually abuse or rape a female or a man. It's 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 crazy to me. That's why I feel that if some of these females are coming out to these accounts and telling them their story, I think then they need to keep on building up their their confidence because they they build up the confidence to even tell their story and then now they're building up the confidence to bring it to another level if they would like to that's you know that's another thing. yeah and i think um false allegations are one thing you know just when you use that as a form of slander and you weaponize it that's a that's an issue but and when my and i think that needs to be addressed as uh, just within that account but also which would they do keep that we don't know if these are true, but also I feel like um, if something is true and you're denying it, it's just making it worse and you're getting your friends to help you deny it. It makes it worse. Like you, you at a point in time, there's going to have to be some sort of form of accountability before, because I, then if, if, if this story, if stories are proven true, then look what you just did. You just lied. Right. Like what, what did you do there, bud? And I mean, it's, it's always, Oh, sorry. But it's always hard to decipher like which is true and which is not, but yeah, but I mean, that's why, that's why I like when the accounts say like, Hey, we don't know if these stories are true. We're just like, that's why I agree with it, dude. They literally come out and say, <coughs> excuse me, I got lube in my throat. They, they, they literally, these accounts are coming out and saying, Hey, we don't know if these stories are true and we don't have the legal repercussions to do it, to, sh- to prove it. But these young women want to come out and speak their minds and speak their voices. Mm-hmm. The accounts may be flawed in their own ways, but that is something that can be fixed. Yeah, and I, I so, think, just back to what I was talking about, comments is um, if you're going to, you know, bash that person who is referencing that, it's, I feel like it's more important that you literally just directly contact them and ask them, like, did you do this? And if they're, or like, or like, like please tell me this isn't true or something like that and if it is true um think of of the fact that like and let them know that you're lucky that legal action hasn't been taken let's fix this with you bro because it's not okay and if you have committed 
or helped or done any type of sexual harassment or abuse. And, and I'll keep on saying it. I'm not justifying it. But I honestly think to try and make it better, depending on how heavy you did, you need to go and apologize to each and every female that did it. Because you, because like, like Quincy was talking about, it can be as simply as catcalling them. You don't know what that does to a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it needs, like, young men. I'm speaking to people around in my area. Speaking, to, I'm not gonna name any schools, any specific people. But listen up, dude. Listen up, guys. This, this is, this is a serious, this is a serious thing. And honestly, if this podcast episode doesn't make you wake up, I don't know what will. Because we need to realize, as young men, especially kids in my grade, because we're going into our, our our junior year, turning 17, 18, however old you want to be. And kids, no matter who, who, if you're younger than us. It's not too late to 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 educate yourself on what's because and honestly, and I think females realize this and some don't. A lot of people are just ignorant and don't realize what sexual harassment is. Like honestly, like talk after talking to Quincy, it's like oh wow, catcalling is a big deal. And after speaking with you and going back and forth with you about rape culture, it's like oh wow, maybe there is a rape culture, but. For you to try and change people's words and go against them, it's it's not cool, man. It's 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 aggravating, because if if it was to you, you would not want people to say your story is fake. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big proverb that needs to be learned. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes, because if you don't understand what they're going through, you cannot question it, and it is not your playing ground to even you know to do anything in. Uh, before we continue, uh. Before we, you know, we're kind of finishing up right now. Yeah, um, we're me and Dylan kind of spoke a little bit. Uh, we're not. I said in the beginning that we're going to talk about the N word. We're gonna we're gonna save that for next week. We're gonna keep you guys tuned in for that because I'm gonna be going. We're we're, we're both gonna be expressing our ideals about that and bringing a lot more to the table. That podcast, we won't have any guests. Yeah, um, it'll be a, future, just a standalone little, probably a shorter, way shorter than this because it's just one topic, but still. Uh, valuable information and you can continue oh yeah it may be a sh- there's gonna be a lot and i'm and like i said in brown sugar we don't sugarcoat anything we don't we don't candy anything baby anything so in that podcast if you hear me and dylan get upset and raise our voice or anything that's how you know how serious we are about it and that's how you know and and you and you hear me you hear the the sicken sickening in my voice when i'm talking about women's rights or when i'm talking about people sexually harassing and and we and we truly care and we truly mm-hmm. want to make a difference. That's the, that's the, even the reason why we even started this podcast is to make a difference and show people that we don't believe in trends. We believe in trend. We believe in change. Exactly. And that, and that's that. That you know. And I'll say it one more time before we wrap up. Dylan, do you want to say anything before I say? No, it? you're good. And I'll say it one more time. And and, and and young men, if you're even this far in the podcast, because it was a long podcast, you need to listen. You need to educate yourself on women's rights. You need to educate yourself on feminism. You need to look yourself in the mirror and look at yourself and and realize that if you've made a mistake, yes, it may be hard, but a lot of these young women just want us to acknowledge them. They want us to acknowledge our difficulties and the things that we've done. And if you cannot look at yourself and realize what you have said to someone, done to someone, shared with someone, then then that is a personal issue and you need to realize it. So thank you guys very much for tuning into this, this beautiful episode. 
with our special guest Quincy. So let's let's finish it off. Uh, repeat after me, Dylan. Black is black beautiful. is beautiful. Black is black great. is great. Black is black strong. is strong. And black and is black smart. is smart. Thank you, guys. This has been Dylan Bell and Donovan Gonzo, Brown Sugar. Have a good night. Have a great night.